At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of VSIN's primetime action. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin live from the South Point Hotel. It's kind of chill here at the South Point tonight. Not a huge crowd. Not a huge crowd. Yeah. yeah. Maryland, I mean, Iowa, not bringing them in? Yeah, it's not raucous. You're right. Raucous, it is not. Yeah, it is not. No Maryland, Iowa uh, interest tonight. Somebody right. yelled at me for directions earlier. Oh, without saying thank you, I heard. Yeah. As well? Where's the buffet? <laughs> Where's the buffet? And you gave him the directions. And you're like, you're like and I don't, and I don't work it. here. No, I gave him the right directions, and then I walked him right, walked the wrong, walked the wrong way, and I was like, no. That's a fun thing to wa- to watch someone after you've given them precise directions, yeah. see if they follow them. I love that. Yeah, they were rude. I I handled it very politely. Yeah. Then they went the other way, and I was like, well, I'm not going to chase them down. Where's well, the buffet? Me. I mean, awesome. hey, <laughs> <this> <laughs> excuse me. You know, we're all we're all family here, our viewers, sure, our listeners, sure. or whatever. So uh, this is a little embarrassing, but it's kind of along the same lines. Is at least three different times. I don't like getting parking lot stalked, and like they they like they will parking lot stalk oh, you big time here. Big yeah, time big here. Time, oh, yeah. you mean if you're getting in your car? Oh, whenever yeah. they yeah, see you, like kind of crew, whatever. Oh, yeah, I have gone way out of my way. I have walked three <laughs> rows. I've walked That's three awesome. rows past my car. Yeah. I've circled back around. I've done whatever. I'll like go up and pretend like it's my car and turn up. I'm like, I can't stand it. Good Where they you. just creep <laughs> behind you one mile an hour, waiting on you to get to the to the car. I was like, if you do that, I'm go- I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you on a wild goose chase. I'm just letting you know I, that is gonna happen. I've never understood that with people all the time. I don't care if it's a casino, the mall, uh, the the supermarket. Just go to the back where you know there's going to be a spot. Like, people waste so much of their time and their lives stalking people like Matt Brown waiting for the best possible parking spot. Call Larry David. I don't think they've covered this on Curb yet. This is a great topic. <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that because you know what I do? I do the opposite. I, like, get really super polite and I, like, speed it up. And then, <laughs> Hurry up, I, and then I hate myself afterwards. Like, slams his coat in the, in the door and all this. He's like, I got to get out of here for this person. Sorry. Break my arm. <laughs> And, I, and then I drive off, and I'm like, why did I do that? Why, like, like, I'll why? never see this person this again person's as long not gonna, as I live. Yeah. <laughs> I, can see, I can see Matt getting in his car. He's, he's checking all his mirrors, right? Like, checking all his mirrors, adjusting the seat front and back. <laughs> this happened, and the reason it is fresh, because this happened Monday. I walked four rows past yeah, no, my car. Yeah, no, he doesn't get in the car and wait. He, like, goes to the McDonald's no, across I the street. No, I walked four rows past my car. <laughs> and then just what, what kept going, whatever, like, all this, I just kept, kept going. Like it, was, it was awesome. That is phenomenal. It felt wonderful. Excellent behavior. I respect it. Don't do that. Don't do. Uh, what's it? Don't do as I say. No, but don't do as I say or do. So actually, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah never mind. Either. Be better. Be Gil. Don't no, be me. No, don't be me either. <laughs> You'll hate yourself. Promise. Uh, Giants at Saints also early week four Sunday morning. And we have a situation with the Giants wide receiving core. Yeah. So this is uh, and, and uh, starting offensive lineman as well. So starting left guard. Uh, ben Bredson's out for them, and then Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton both out for them as well. So they spent a first-round pick on Kadarius Tony. Welcome to the NFL, my friend, yes, because sir. you are going to have to contribute in a big way this week up against the Giants, uh, up against the Saints' defense that has been really the only thing that's kept them 
in games so far this year. And listen, despite the fact that this has come out the way that it has, that a starting offensive lineman and two starting wide receivers are going to be out for this Giants team, they continue to take money. This thing was at eight. It is all the way down to seven at DraftKings. It's uh, Now, this total has just fallen off a cliff. Weirdest it went from 47 line, to 42. Weirdest line move of the day to me, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for some explanation from someone, not necessarily Matt, but I'm like, why is yeah. this line moved at least a whole point? Yeah. I, you know, look, they're, it's not great for the Saints either. I mean, they're they're down two offense, two, two starting offensive linemen as well. So the center, Eric McCoy, he was out last week anyway, but he, he remains out. But then uh, Teron Armstead is out this week as well for the Saints. So it's not great for them either. But, I mean, look, a Giants offense that has struggled to do anything so far in the one bright spot has been Sterling Shepard from that offense. And, and he's not going to be out there. And Kenny Galladay has been battling this hip thing, so he's going to go. But, I mean, you know, at any point, he could go to the sideline. And, and so, I don't know. It's, it's it's pretty interesting to me. And then, again, one of the the strength for the Saints team is the defensive line. is the defensive line and the defensive front seven. And then, you know, they're down their left guard as well for, for the Giants. So, for me, it is a, you know, I have the Saints in a teaser leg. I'm still fine with it. You know, I, I mean, look. I didn't get the best of the number. Obviously, I had no idea this thing was going to go down to seven. I, I, it's at two for me. Um, but Or maybe it was maybe it's one and a half or something like that. I think maybe I got it at seven and a half. But it certainly didn't get it at seven down to one. Um, but you look at the way that you, you, there are at least some things with this Saints team that could give you some pause. There's no doubt about it. I mean, like Jameis Winston has done nothing really to make you feel super confident that this team is going to be able to put up a ton of points, which is why this total plummeting from 47 down to 42, a full five points makes all the sense in the world. It's been a struggling offense from the Giants. It's been a struggling offense from the Saints. And then you have actually a pretty good uh, you know, top six-ish, seven-ish unit on the defensive side for the Saints. And so everything kind of adds up here to this being a, a pretty low-scoring game. That being said, you know where do you where do we think that the where do we think that this the strength lies then if it's not going to be through the air for the Giants because they're down these wide receivers and we don't think that Jameis Winston is really going to do anything through the air either so it's both teams running against each other here well I mean it's kind of it's kind of a push I guess I mean if you if you really come down to it I mean Saquon Barkley has gotten increased workload each week throughout the first three weeks of the season I would could only expect that he's going to get an even bigger workload here in week four and on the Saints side of things, you know, Camara's actually looked pretty good running the ball as well. The offensive line has done pretty well opening up holes for him. It's only a teaser play for me. I don't think if, if I had to play it one way or the other, I guess I, I guess I would take the points with the giants. There are still, there's a couple of seven and a half still available out there over a touchdown, but it's really outside of a teaser leg. I don't, have any interest. I mean, I missed the best of the under number. If, if I'd have seen that it opened at 47, that would have been an obvious, obvious underplay. But uh, outside of that, probably not anything I want to get get involved with at the current number. Should probably be a pretty high survivor selection, the Saints. Those who didn't play the yeah. Bengals yesterday and who are not playing the Bills, mm-hmm. you would yeah, imagine that would be in there. This is a game, I don't know about you, Gil. This is a game I want nothing to do with. Nothing. Me nothing. neither. Like, I don't, don't, I don't trust it. The only way I would do it is what Matt did and tease down the Saints, but I'm like, even that, I'm even a that. easy. I'm not jumping up and down about it, to be perfectly honest, yeah. because, you know, down two starting offensive linemen for this Saints team where really I think the only 
success that they're going to have consistent. The only consistent success they're going to have is running the ball. That that's not great. So yeah, I'm not in love with it. But you know, you make think you make bets earlier in the week sometimes, and so oh, I got a lot of it. Titans tickets. I'm not in love with anymore. <laughs> Speaking of which, Titans. At the Jets, and the Titans have their own wide receiver problems. Both of their starters now officially ruled out. So, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones both out. Not only that, Bud Dupree is out for the Titans as well. They moved their defensive tackle, uh, Lara Murchison, to the IR. And then their punter is out, too. So, oh, like, you know, boy. they got to get a new punter in oh, here. Oh, boy. I mean, new punter's got to come in. Uh, on the Jet side of things, they're not completely clean. Their safety, Marcus May, who's actually played really good for them so far this season, he is out. Uh, Elijah Moore, wide receiver they drafted, is out with a concussion. Jameson Crowder's questionable, though he is. They say they say he's going to make his season debut so long as he uh, so long as he gets you know goes out there and warms up and and is fine. So. I went in, and this is a buy off of a lot of liability that I have on the Titans, and I took the Jets plus seven last night whenever it looked like it, there were a couple of beat writers who said that it looked like that A.J. Grant, AJ Brown and Julio Jones weren't going to play, and he didn't think Bud Dupree was going to play either. He ended up being right on all three accounts. And so, look, I can still win both bets, worst-case scenario. You know, I just I, I lose some juice here or whatever. But it, it just – I don't have near the confidence in this anymore – that they're going to be able to move the ball on a consistent basis. And if there were, if the Jets were ever live, this would certainly be the week for them to be live because what we've seen is Zach Wilson has not been able to deal with pressure at all. I mean, the, this offensive line has been pretty much Swiss cheese and he has been battling a guy in his face pretty much all season long. Well, this is the perfect remedy for that because with Bud Dupree out, Tennessee wasn't getting any pressure on the quarterback anyway with Bud Dupree in there. And with Bud Dupree out, they are certainly not getting any pressure on the quarterback at all. And so it's a, it's a pretty good pretty good situation for him. So I don't know. I just didn't trust it. I felt bad about it. I, I, so no, I, I, I gave myself have... a couple of, you know, whatever. I can still win both, but I wanted to I wanted to buy off. I just still, I, I lost confidence in that. No, I, w- I wish I would have done what you did last night. Because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not playing Jets at six. I mean, that's basically where it's at everywhere now, six, six and a half. Um, I'm, I'm not doing that. I would, I would want seven or more. Josh Towers just walked in the studio. Josh, who's the NL MVP? <laughs> Real quick. Thank you. Said should, should be, be Soto. Soto. That's all I needed. By the way, uh, Bryce Harper, after uh, striking out two RBI double for Bryce Harper, Juan Soto has walked twice in this ball game for the Nationals. Uh, Boston and Washington scoreless, but the Nats have the bases loaded. Nobody out. I will say this from a prop standpoint on in this game. I don't know if they can put a uh, a number high enough for Derrick Henry carries in this game. For oh, real, yeah. Like yeah. rush this attempts. Is, Think about is, no punter, too. Yeah. Like I mean, it could be they are four gonna bleed downs. The, what about the? I mean, they're going to bleed this clock yeah. and just get out of jail. So, like, yeah. yeah, and I'm being dead serious. I mean, like I would probably play over even at like twenty six and a half. Like I could, this could be a thirty carry game easy for Derrick Henry. Like, like easy, easy, easy. Did you? Are you? Do you like the under in this forty four and a half? If are we still at forty four and a half? That seems. I mean, really I, just, I just feel like Vrabel will just be like, we're just giving the ball to Derek yeah. and let's just get a win and get out of here. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it is it's still 44 and a half. I'm going to have to dig into that a little further because, yes, I mean, I think that this is, again, I don't know what the, I don't know what the rush attempts prop is for Derek Henry. I don't know if they could post a number high enough that I wouldn't play yeah. the over. Well, 
We got one more morning game to get to. We will. It's the Chiefs and the Eagles. Then we'll segue to the afternoon games. Kelly and I secretly watching the Maryland game because of our Tug of Iloa Heisman tickets. Oh, Matt is talking. Uh, and I got a question for you also about all these injuries. We just talked about the Colts being decimated, the Giants wide receiving core, uh, the Titans wide receiving core. Is there a reason all of this is happening this early? We'll come back. It's Beeson's primetime action. On primetime, just like Brent said, we also appreciate Brent uh, introing us. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Same scores in the uh, games of consequence in the American League. Toronto up on the Orioles, two to nothing. Rays up on the Yankees, two to one. Bottom of the fourth, and Boston trying to get out of a bases loaded, nobody out jam. Two outs now with a bases loaded, scoreless in D.C. All right, uh, question for you before we go on to a couple more games. So you just went through the Colts injury report, mm-hmm. decimated. Uh, Giants starting wideouts out. Titans starting wideouts. Bud Dupree also out. Is this a byproduct? I mean, okay, we all know there's injuries in the NFL, but to have this kind of robust injury report and entire units of your team out, your starting guys out this early in a season, is it because preseason, not not necessarily because there's one fewer game, but because teams are now treating it differently. They're like not playing guys anymore. And I really do wonder, we all, none of, none of us love yeah. preseason, but I do wonder if there's a, there's a thing about not having reps and just not getting time in where these injuries are happening. I mean, there's no way we can prove it. Right. But I wonder if that's something that, that matters. Yeah. I mean, there, there's certainly that I, I read another theory that like with the evolution of the athlete in general, that you're going up against just like a much stronger physical being yes. like every single week, every time where like back in the day, like the really good offensive lineman just mauled everybody like, like the yes. Anthony Munozes of the world and the, whatever. like it was, there wasn't a guy that he couldn't just Lawrence. When Lawrence Taylor appeared, it yeah. was like a superhuman that we had never seen yeah. before. And now everybody, now everyone's Lawrence like Taylor. that. Right. And yeah. so I, I read one theory that it's just like, it's basically these two elite, people just meeting in the middle and, and at some point, yeah, yeah, like at some point, one of them just like ends it's, up breaking. It's like when dudes blow out their arm, throwing a hundred three, yeah. it's like, well, humans weren't meant to do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, I think closers when Gil, when, when, when to, to date Gil and I, like yeah. when Gil and I were younger, like closers through like 96. Yes. It was like, and that was like, wow, I got those 96. Like, wow. That's, that's an average starter these days. Throw when, 96. When that re, there was a reliever for the Tigers, Joel uh, Josemaya was his name. And he oh, like I threw, He like threw 100 and 101 and 100. And I was like, no one ever has done this before. Like every pitch is over, over 100. And then he blew out his arm. Now everybody's like that. <laughs> right? Like now everybody's like, yeah, you know, only, I only throw 98 or whatever it is. It's just incredible. It's just, by the way. You like how excited I got to, to have recognized the name you guys just Zemaya? Yeah. yeah. I know him. Hey, Kelly, this is your last chance to get in on Jesus H. Burrow at 50 to 1 for MVP. Oh, man. 50 to 1. It's your last chance. You and I both have Justin Herbert tickets you for do. MVP. Do you have anybody else for MVP? That's the only one I have. Yeah, I've got uh, Stafford and, uh, Stafford, and yeah. uh, uh, Mayfield. That's right. Okay. Final early game Chiefs at Eagles. Oh, he's got Brady, too. 
Oh, yeah, and Tom Brady. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, that's what's going to happen with this Pirates season. Went all over at the end of the season. We'll be like, oh, by the way, you have Tom Brady MVP. <laughs> well, it, it, so that, was the cool, that was the cool thing about the Astros. Because when you asked about, like, oh, is it money? And, and I woke up this morning. I was looking like, yeah. oh, isn't that fun? And they, the insta payout. It's funny. I had, I had a Mets future. The second the Mets were eliminated, they're like, we'll take that. Now. <laughs> right? But the other ones you have to we'll wait We'll be for. having. We'll be taking that from you, <laughs> Thank sir. Thank you for that ridiculous <laughs> bet, sir. Uh, okay, Chiefs minus six and a half. Are you surprised that this has stayed at six and a half? Yeah, this is really interesting to me because, yeah, I mean, it, well, I bet it early at five and a half thinking it was going to run and keep running, and, and it, it hasn't. Um, and the injury report, honestly, is, isn't is that bad. I mean, so Frank Clark is questionable, and Traverius Ward is questionable for the Chiefs, but that's it. Nobody's been ruled out or anything uh, on the Eagles' side. Jordan Mailata is out. He's an offensive tackle for them, so they're going to be down at least an offensive lineman. Um, Kelly and I got in on this at five and a half, so there was a there was a number we were coordinating back and forth. This was before Monday Night Football, and Kelly, we were going back and we said, "We're like, look, it's five and a half. If the Eagles get thumped, this thing's going to go to a touchdown." They got thumped, and it went to a touchdown. So at least we were right about that. But yep. it's come back down at least at a couple of spots. You know, back under here, I. I don't know why. That being said, that's really that might be unique here to the South Point because we're we're seven across the board. You know, DraftKings, MGM, points bet, uh, eight eight eight. They're all they're all sitting at seven. Rivers, Bet Rivers is sitting at seven. So look at, these, look at the tickets and money for this game. Like you got ninety eight percent of the handle on Chiefs minus. This is incredible. I mean, money line, the bet, the bets, everything's ninety three percent or Jeez. more on spread or money line. So the other thing here. Guys, there's a 54 and a half out there for this total, right? So, yes, the Chiefs' defense has been bad, but it has been bad against very, very good teams. Like, it has been bad against teams that are, like, built to beat the Chiefs. Like, teams that if we were going to say, hey, who do you think might have a chance to, to beat the Chiefs or whatever, you know, and then it would be those teams, right? I thought you were going somewhere else with this at first. I, I think I'm going to agree well, with What you. I'm saying is, is how do we get to 54 and a half? I, here? I, like, I where, yes. like, even if the Chiefs go score 35 in this game, right? Do we, are, are we, are we crediting the Eagles that like, they're going to all of a sudden find this offense that like is now going to be good enough to, to, to score three touchdowns in a game? Like I, I, I I'm not, yeah, I'm with you. I, I do think the under's worth considering there. It just seems it seems really high to me in a game where, you know, look, especially if we want to like really go, you know, especially the 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 real weakness of the Chiefs team is the is the run defense, and so if they if they want to attack the Chiefs where they think that they have the best opportunity to succeed, then that would be keeping the ball on the ground, and that would be running the ball against this team, which again keeps the clock running, keeps the clock moving, has fewer possessions in a game, and then and leads more towards an under as well. So. I don't know. That was just one of the one of the questions I kind of was was going to pose to you guys. I mean, it just to me, do we think that this Chiefs defense is just so incredibly bad that they're going to make this Eagles offense that has been completely inept look look good? Is that where we're at with this? Mm, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think you're onto something there. I think that the Chiefs the Chiefs defense has looked bad, but combined with now playing a more inferior opponent 
And I, I just Browns know, Ravens Chargers. I mean, like, I mean right. like they've played three really good teams. Yes. I mean, like, yes, they've been bad, but they've been bad against teams that if you're gonna be bad, that's it's gonna, gonna be gonna against happen. those. Yeah, it's and, gonna be and, those types of teams. And if they could just show some protection of the football, my God, these games will be different for them. Right. You know, so I I I, I don't have a Chiefs bet yet in my account, but mm-hmm. I will by the end of the night. But, yeah. but like I think. I think you're right, like Matt. It's like it's almost thinking like, okay, are you gonna are you gonna get twenty plus points from the Eagles? And I don't yeah. I don't think that's happening. So yeah, I, I think the under's worth considering. Yeah, so I I you know, in full disclosure, I've got the I got I have the Chiefs at five and a half, but I also came back in and played them in a I also came back in and played them in a teaser as well. So I have the Chiefs in a teaser with the Bucks. Um so I I have that in the account as well. I, I cannot see them losing this game. I mean, it, if you look they are still the number three overall offense DVOA. They're still in the top 10 in offense, according to Pro Football Focus. If you look at yards per play, which is really a telling stat as to how efficient the offense is, they're fourth in the NFL. Early down success rate, they're third in the NFL. Early down EPA, they're seventh. I mean, there's just like they're everything about the team's good except for turning the ball over at, at inopportune times, right? So it's not going to get four turnover performances out of this team very often. So I expect, I mean, I think this thing could get, I think this could get out of hand. So we, you did not play a total bet. You know, I haven't yet. Yeah, I was, I haven't yet. I wanted to talk it through no, to make I, sure that I wasn't like, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I might get close to playing it too. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I will say with the, with the Titans injuries, this is now my, my highest confidence teaser leg of the week. I think. The chiefs is. Yeah. Really? Over the bucks, over the bucks. Huh. I think even more so than the bucks. Well, they got we're all tied in all. I mean, it's like one A, one B. I obviously bet the Bucks won enough. But. Yeah, Cardinals at Rams. Let's go to the afternoon. Cardinals at Rams. Couple NFC West games in the early slot of the late games. That's the four o five p.m. Eastern, one o five p.m. Pacific slot. Cardinals at the Rams. Rams only a four point favorite here. Yeah, things didn't uh, things didn't go so well for the Cardinals this week on the injury report. Uh, right tackle. Kelvin Beecham was a was a DNP all week long. He's officially questionable, but if you listen to their beat writers, they're they're saying he's not going to play. And then both guards, Justin Murray and Justin Pugh, are both questionable. Pugh, Pugh did practice in full on Friday, but Murray was limited, and they are, they are both officially listed as questionable. So three starting offensive linemen listed as questionable for the Cardinals. As we head into this game, one almost certain not to play, and one apparently is kind of a coin flip type situation with Murray. On the Rams side of things, their their injury report's perfectly fine. It looks like Daryl Henderson is going to play for them. This one, I don't really want any part of this game. I mean, I think it's a shootout, back and forth, things going all over the place. I, I these type these type of games where I'm pretty high on both of the teams, and it's you know more than a field goal for me. I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna sit this one out. Gonna sit it out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any. I don't have any plays. I got a lot of respect for both those teams. I have no interest in playing it at this number. I'm really looking forward to watching the game. Me too. Like maybe the most. Maybe the most looking forward to any game of the week. Actually. Absolutely. Yeah. More so than the Seahawks and Rams, I would assume. Perhaps. Nonetheless, we'll get to that after the break because that's the other NFC West game at the 4:05 p.m. Eastern time slot. We'll look at that. In addition to the Ravens and the Broncos getting into the afternoon games right here on a Friday night. By the way, we will talk college football with Chris Felica as well coming up. It's VEASAN's Primetime Action. You 
at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action. Don't forget, VSIN with a lot to offer. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever with your VSIN free trial. Started today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything that VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, and more football. Seahawks at Niners continuing with the 405 Eastern couple of games. We'll get to the 425s Eastern momentarily. But Seahawks at 49ers, while the uh, the Rams and Cardinals are playing, we have a couple NFC West games. And the Niners, two-and-a-half-point favorites against the fighting Russell Wilsons. Offensive tackle Brandon Schell is out for the Seahawks. Running back Rashad Penny is out. Uh, linebacker Benson Mayoa is questionable for them. And then wide receiver Tyler Lockett is questionable. Weirdly, no designation for DK Metcalf. Good, really great for the Seahawks, but he he popped up. Typically, when they pop up on the injury report on a Thursday, they at least have some sort of designation on a Friday. He right. pops up on a Thursday and then and no designation on a Friday. So good for the Seahawks for sure. Uh, on the 49ers side of things, cornerback Quan Williams is out. Josh Norman is doubtful. This team is decimated at the cornerback position. I mean, their secondary is absolutely decimated. And then to add on top of that, tight end George Kittle is questionable, and the defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw is questionable. When asked about Kittle, Shanahan said he is not a definite to play mm-hmm. on Sunday. So mm-hmm. he he did not. It wasn't one of those like ah, he's listed as questionable, but he'll be fine. He gave the it's not de- it's not for certain that he is going to be able to play on Sunday. So as I mentioned, I mean, if this was a spot where I knew. Tyler Lockett, if this was like a good side of questionable with Tyler Lockett, you know, like, because <laughs> yeah. we don't really know, like if I knew for sure, this was a good side of questionable, I would take the three points with Seattle right now and feel great about it. Put it in the account and go running with it because yeah. the mismatch with those two wide receivers against, I have no idea who's going to play corner for, for the, for the Niners. I mean, like they were already down two starters for season ending injuries. Now they're down Quan Williams and Josh Norman, who they had to go sign off the street because they were so decimated at cornerback and they're they're both out it's like I don't even have any idea who's going to play corner for for this team and so huge mismatch with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett against those guys but I don't know what kind of shape Tyler Lockett is going to be in you know and so if this is like the bad side of questionable then you know DK Metcalf they can just double cover him you know play one over the top on him and thing and they can figure out ways to to kind of go about making this work and so that is the pause here for me in this, I want to play the Seahawks. I want to take the field goal here. I want to play this incredible mismatch of Russell Wilson and two elite wide receivers versus whatever bums they're going to have to trot out there to play corner this in this game for the 49ers. But I just can't get there not knowing exactly what's going on with, with Tyler Lockett. I'm going to try and dig in later tonight and on Saturday as well. Like That's the other thing is... Sometimes these beat reporters will leak some stuff out on Saturday as well, right? Like they'll have oh, yeah. been able, they'll been, have been given a little bit longer time to talk to someone in the locker room or kind of like after these injury reports come out. And when I say good side or bad side of question, but like literally sometimes these guys will be like, yeah, I talked to, you know, a source inside the deal and he's on the bad side of questionable or he's on the good side of questionable because again, we used to have a probable tag, which you don't have anymore. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if, if I get that Lockett is going to go and he's going to be, 
really good to go. I'm going to take the three here with the Seahawks. I don't think this is indicating again. Uh, okay, so we've talked about home field advantage, guys. Like the four, if if home field advantage anyway has shrunk down to like 1.75 points, like they say it has. You know that new stadium oh, where they pl- there's I've no been. home field advantage. In I've, this I've been. It yes. is. It is as it's a beautiful stadium. Yes, but it's antiseptic. Yes, like there's, there's nothing about. They're it. there because it's the cool thing to do yes. to be there and whatever. The tickets were astronomically expensive and all. So like candlestick was gritty. Yeah. This place is like for the bougie. Silicon Silicon Valley yes. crowd. This is bougie <laughs> for sure. Yes. Um. So there's no home field advantage in this. So this line is indicating. The 49ers are like exponentially better than than the Seahawks are, and I just don't think that that's the case right now, yeah. especially given the situation with the secondary and, and things like that. So again, I'm I'm going to pay super close attention to this strong, strong lean to the Seahawks, but not in the account. Full disclosure. So I did the same thing, kind of when I saw that when I saw the locket like questionable, and then Metcalf not on there. I didn't, I, you know, the questionable on locket was enough for me to not want to pull a trigger on the three, Matt. I guess the way that I'm thinking to play it, and it might end up with not being a play if we don't learn anything more, but I'm okay losing a half a point and waiting, or a point and waiting on information and then possibly mm. tying the Seahawks into a teaser as mm. well. So I, that's where I think that's where, like, it's nothing for me now. It might not end up being a play at all once game yeah. time arrives, but if I can learn something, I don't care if the line moves a little yeah. bit because I can tease it up. Pass the three, pass the seven. Yeah, and honestly, if we get news that that Lockett's a full go and everything's perfectly fine or something like that, like if you lose the half point, I don't really care. I probably I'll probably play the money line. Like I'll probably play them just to win the game. Like I don't think this is like uh, if I think that if I think that they there's such a mismatch there and such a a, a big disadvantage from that offensive side of the ball to their defensive side of the ball, then I think they probably just win the game outright. So I might just play them on the money line. I'm looking at the uh, Niners depth chart at quarter at cornerback. Yeah, Diem Diem Madore Lenoir. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, who, who's going to play? Oh, I love him. Seriously, like, Am who's going to play? I, I I literally don't know who's going to play for them. Kelly Bidlin. Yes, Midland Bidlin. They're like, not they're, much is known about that. They're guy. like, they're like starting at nickel corner, Midland Bidlin. Should be interesting. Uh, this is the late set of afternoon games. The uh, 4:25 Eastern, 1:25 Pacific. Ravens at Broncos. Adam Schefter reporting today that uh, despite the uh, sore back that has caused him to miss the last two days of practice, Lamar Jackson was back today. At practice, putting him on track to play Sunday at Denver. Yeah, so a team that uh, had three different guys that have two starters, one guy that plays over fifty percent of the snaps out last week because of COVID, uh, because of the COVID list. They're back this week. Brandon Williams, Justin Houston, Justin Bouquet are all back this week from the COVID list. Now it's not a perfectly clean injury report for the Ravens. Uh, offensive tackle Ronnie Staley is out. Defensive end Derek Wolf is out for them. As well, they activated Rashad Bateman. They activated Miles Boykin off of the IR, and they are not listed on the injury report. And so, those guys are going to be good to go. Now, there's questionable tags on all kinds of guys, but if you read kind of the what the beat reporters say, they they say all these guys are going to go. So, there's questionable tags on Lamar Jackson and and Alejandro Villanueva, and there's another questionable tag on uh, Anthony Averett, Anthony Averett, and and Tavon Young. All these people, but apparently they're all supposed to play. They just put the the questionable tag on them. As it is now on the Broncos side of things, it's a little interesting there. Of course, already without Jerry Judy, then they lose KJ Hamler for the season. Bradley Chubb's going to miss, you know, six to eight weeks for them as it is. Now, offensive guard Graham Glasgow's out for them. So, uh, offensive lineman's out. Their other offensive lineman, Dalton Risner, questionable and apparently is literally like an actual game time decision, coin flip type thing, whether he's going to be able to play or not. Defensive end Shelby Harris is questionable. 
and running back Melvin Gordon is questionable. The one thing that we were talking about with Teddy Bridgewater is how he has changed the way that he's played, and he's you know he's third in the league in passes of 20-plus yards down the field. His average depth of target is way, way up over the course of uh, this year compared to the course of his career, all of that. Gil, when I saw the, the you know the KJ Hamler thing, so I go in and like if you if you strip KJ Hamler out, who is that four three guy, you know he's like the four three two speedster guy or whatever. Teddy's average depth of target now shrinks back down to like six point nine yards oh, or whatever. Wow! And all of those twenty yard to like twenty plus yard passes down the field were nearly all <clears throat> to, to KJ Hamler, right? And so it now reverts him back to kind of the guy that we were talking about. Before, right? What a great nugget that is. And so, now that's not to say they can't throw someone else in there and then have them go run down the field. But again, it's it's not who it's not what this offense thought they were going to be whenever this was was coming back around. And so that is at least an interesting thing to plug in here. That maybe that is a little bit more of a dink and dunk offense now, without KJ Hamler being in there. so we'll we'll monitor that for sure. But this Ravens team's going to do what this Ravens team does. They're fourth fourth in rush DVOA. They're first in in yards per rush attempt. They got the seventh best rush EPA per rush as it is. I mean, they're if you look at Pro Football Focus, they still have them way way up there. Eighth in pass block win rate, sixth in rush block win rate. They have them eighth best rush attack in the entire league, third best run blocking unit, and so they're just you know this is one of those teams that is. You know, look, they are what they are, but they do, they're built to do what they do very, very well. They run a ton of play action, as you would imagine, because again, if you're, if you're going to have, you can't just have Lamar Jackson play pocket pass or quarterback guy, right? You got to have motion. You got to have trickeration. You got to have things that are going to make linebackers try and stick or corners bite on something or whatever it might be. So they run a ton of play action and it's actually helped him a lot this year. Lamar Jackson actually has the fourth highest play action completion percentage in the NFL this year. He's going to be 78% of his passes whenever they run play action so far this year. And you 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 look at the Broncos, we've talked about it. Now they've beaten the teams like a drum that's put in front of them. But those teams are 0-9. Two of the three quarterbacks they played are rookies in Trevor Lawrence and and Zach Wilson. There's just a lot here, I think, for us to, to really like about this Ravens team heading into this. And again, at plus money, well, at plus points or plus money if you took them on the money line or getting them in a teaser leg, I think is so incredibly strong. I wonder if that's the team we all matched on for the contest. We'll look at our Circa Entry Millions contest coming up. Two more games to get to. Steelers at Packers and a little something we like to call the Buccaneers at the Patriots. Next, Beeson's Primetime Action. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Still to come on primetime action tonight, Chris Felica, the Bear from ESPN's College Game Day. He's in Athens, Georgia for the Georgia-Arkansas game. We'll talk to the Bear. Who knows what the Bear will... Uh, bear is going to be in the hotel room tonight, do we think? Is that what we're in? So. <laughs> Kelly's, so, Kelly's so resigned to whatever oh, we get, I oh guess. Oh, no, uh, Gil. Uh, we have two, two pieces of bad news here that have just come through at right back-to-back. Juan Soto struck out. Three pieces of bad news. Though. Yeah, what else? Bryson DeChambeau has been eliminated in the round of eight from the professional long drive my God. competition. No. My God, you've ruined my night. And Rick Bryce Damon, Harper. what are you going to do for the rest of the night? And Bryce Harper just hit a home run. <laughs> oh, did he really? Yes. That bastard. <laughs> he did hit a home run? Oh, see this. That I didn't need to hear. 
Yes. Yes. So Bryce Harper, who couldn't do anything in games of consequence, now against the Marlins is like, oh, let me let me go crazy. The round of eight. Bryson made it to the round of eight, though. I mean, that's not bad. That's amazing. No, not bad at all. Against not guys who that's all that's they, all they do. do. They, they yeah. train year-round to just swing yards. and hit the yeah. ball as far yeah. as they can. He made it to the round of eight. Not I, bad. I, Rick Gaiman, who's uh, a semi-regular guest on this program, mm-hmm. has been tweeting nonstop about it. The best coverage you could possibly find of a long drive contest. <laughs> so, Rick, great job. I'm kind of glad you're done with it, though. <laughs> Uh, Tagovailoa, 11 for 14, 104 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Barreling up on Iowa, 7-3. to three. Let's go, Kelly. Let's get him home. Let's go. Juan Soto first, then Tagovailoa. Gil, the, the Mariners putting out a tweet to let everyone know they have sold out the stadium tonight. Dude, that's big news. It only took sold 159 out. games. Only took 159 <laughs> games for that to happen. <laughs> Just to let you people of Seattle know, we're in this. Is that what's going on? Like, they only make that announcement when they've, like, actually had a sellout? I don't know that for a fact, but I'm guessing if they made that announcement. I'm guessing that, too. That that's the case. I'm going to get on the Google machine and see what I can find. Yeah. That is a football town, primarily. Like, if the Marlins ever sold out a game, they'd do the same thing. So that's kind of what I'm guessing. Can we get just one second? I know we got to get to the last two football games. Let's just say this one more time. What the San Francisco Giants have done. And what the Seattle Mariners have done is off the charts unbelievable in baseball. The Giants having exceeded their season win total by 30 games and and leading the Dodgers by two with three to play is just incredible. We know somebody, I I know somebody who has preseason Giants futures to win the division at 100 to 1 for lots of money. Can you imagine the nightly sweat that he's going through? Uh, yeah, that's unbelievable. And and I've said this a couple of times, and it's only because of my preseason prior that I think the Mariners is just a little bit more crazy to me because I literally had them as like a bottom five team in the whole, in the entire Major League Baseball. Like, well, I mean, I thought they were literally going to be one of the five worst teams in all of Major League Baseball. Well, and the quirk that they, they're minus 48 in run differential, <laughs> and they're 19 games above 500. <laughs> The Blue Jays, who are a game behind them, again, are plus 164. It's a 212 difference headed into tonight. I think everybody's rooting for the Mariners. In fact, Mark Borchard, who was on my show this morning, he his one of his best bets today was betting against the Mariners at minus 180 to make the playoffs. And I was like, you're an awful human being. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why it's, would you want that this bet? Is, this is a good – and now that my, my, my Astros tickets home, win all the rest of them. I don't <laughs> care. Like, win the, win the whole thing. Well, no. Don't win the AL. No, I need the, AL. the Astros to win the AL, and then I also need the Astros to win the World Series. But last, a- last afternoon game, Steelers at the Packers. Packers have sat on six and a half all week long. Yeah, this thing hasn't moved on the Steelers side. Boy, I don't want to have to butcher this name. Let's just go with uh, Okorafor. Uh, I won't even go with the first name. Uh, offensive tackle is out for them, starting offensive tackle. Wide receiver Chase Claypool is questionable for them as well. Chukwuma? Chukwuma. Okay. Chukwuma Okorafor. Okay. Okay. Okafor? Yes. We're going to go with that. Um, on the Packers side, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is out for them, so that's not great considering they don't have a ton of wide receivers as it is anyway. Cornerback Kevin King is doubtful. That might be a good thing. He has been terrible so far for them. Eldon Jenkins, uh, offensive guard, is doubtful as well. And then linebacker Chris Barnes is questionable. So not the greatest injury report for the Packers here. So I think I find this really interesting that all of us are so incredibly down 
on the Steelers, yet none of us have wanted a piece of the Packers this week either. I bet them. I took them in a teaser leg. But, yeah, no, but, but at the number, you know, like at this number. Like, we, no one has even mentioned that they would even come close to taking so, them. So what's your number. theory on that? What's in our heads about it, is, that? Are we, are we still just in the back of our minds yes. remembering that first like, yes. week one? Of that, you are correct, dr- sir. Just getting absolutely drummed by the Saints who have not looked all that great since then. Like I think there's something there's and, something there. And maybe we just also, and this would be wrong of us, but maybe we also just don't accept that the Steelers can be this bad. There might well, be. I was, was going to say both week yeah. ones, right? Because week one Saints handle the Packers, and then week one the Steelers beat the Bills. Right. I I don't know what's I, I don't I don't know. I actually actually after last weekend, I'm pretty sold the Packers are gonna just where they were last year, a top flight NFC team. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. Not that I didn't lay the six and a half, but I do have them tied in uh, to a bunch of teasers, and they're a contest play in my eyes. The thing is. Is this should be even with Marquez Valdez Scantling out, and even with a couple of other guys? I mean, the way that this has gone for this Steelers team, this still should be a cakewalk for the for the Packers. And yeah, I still I still just can't lay the points. I mean, you look at this at this Steelers offense. I mean, horrible in pretty much every single metric you can look. Thirtieth overall offense, 29th pass offense, thirty first rush offense. If you look at what they're doing, they're allowing pressure rate incredibly high. They're 20th in pressure rate allowed, 32nd dead last in adjusted line yards. They're 27th in pass block win rate. They're 29th in, in, in run block win rate. I mean, it is it, yards per play, they're 26th. <laughs> yards per rush, they're 32nd dead last. You know, like they've been able to get absolutely nothing out of this offense at all. 32nd in early down success rate, 28th in points per play, 28th in early down EPA. I mean, like every single thing that we look at to measure how good a team is, they are ranking in the bottom three or four throughout the first three weeks of the season. So it has just been terrible for the Steelers team. And I don't see how they fix it with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. I mean, I just I don't see what the instant fix here is with anything. The big difference is, is this Green Bay team up until last week had been getting no pressure whatsoever on the quarterback. Now, they might have figured something out last week because they were able to get into the backfield a lot of times. Now, it didn't generate a ton of sacks, but pressure is better. Sometimes pressure is as good as sacks a lot of times. You're making the quarterback do something either before he wants to or throw to a different guy that he wants to, all the different things like that. So, you know, as long as you're getting pressure, that's that's the key to all of this. And so, you look, I want to believe Aaron Rodgers in the Packers at home against this poor offense get it done easily, but I just can't put that ticket in my account. I just don't know why. I, 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 can't, I can't pull the trigger. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro with the three-run homer for the Red Sox. <laughs> three. <laughs> I think it was two different. I think it was a two-run and then a solo. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, well, it's four to nothing now. I yeah. turned my head and now it's four to nothing. So Red Sox up on the Nationals, four to nothing. Jays up on the Orioles, four to nothing. Yankees still losing to the Rays, two to one, mid-six. So could get tighter in the American League wildcard race. And then there's Sunday night. I'm not sure if you guys know this. The Buccaneers are playing the Patriots. Did you know that at New England this Say week? What? Yeah, no, Tom Brady's going back to Tom Foxborough. Tom Brady, both his teams? Yeah. Man. I know. It's breaking. Uh, this is the Sunday night game. Boy, NBC is thrilled to have this. Bucks seven-point favorites. It was six and a half for a lot of the week. It's seven. I am surprised it is still just that. It's seven across the board. The total is all you can you can find a 
a 48 and a half. You can also find a 49 and a half. So the total has at least a little bit of disagreement out there in the market. But yeah, seven across the board here. I mean, I guess if you want to, if you want to nitpick, right? I mean, the injury, like the injury report for the um, Gronk's got to play right? for the Bucks. I was is, just going to ask. Is not all agree. So Jamel Dean is out. A starting corner for them. They were already thin at corner as it was anyway. Gio Bernard is out. He had become a pretty decent little, uh, pretty decent little contributor for them. Gronk's doubtful. Doubtful hardly ever means go. So I mean, like they listed him as questionable. I think if he was going to go, you know. That said, Cameron Brait is a perfectly fine trade off if, if Gronk doesn't go. And then Jason Pierre-Paul is questionable. That's actually a good thing because he's he's upgraded to questionable. He's been he's he's missed last few weeks. And so on the Patriots side of things, of course, James White being out huge for that team. Offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn's questionable. Trent Brown is questionable. And then Kyle Van Noy is all questionable for the Patriots in this thing. Of course, the Bucks also get back Antonio Brown off of the COVID list. Guys, we've said this all week long. I think this is a smash spot for the Bucks. I don't see a single way that the Patriots at all have any sort of advantage in this game. It's not the quarterback position. It's not now at the running back position with James White being out. It's not the wide receiver position. That is for damn sure because they have nobody at wide receiver. Um, and then on the defensive side of things, I mean, I mean, with with Gilmore out, the the secondary isn't isn't even a, a real big advantage for the Patriots either. So I think the Bucks move the ball at will. I think they do whatever they want to here. Same with me. I love the teaser leg. I have them in a teaser leg. It's a it's a big it's a big teaser. So I yeah. need that one to get that get home. So many teasers. We'll go over all our bets a little later on in the show. But next, our circa million three entry collectively here on primetime action. We'll hash it out. Fist to cuffs, perhaps next. Decent primetime action.